It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. so glad you decided to join me for today's edition of the Janice Dean podcast. A few weeks ago, I received an email from Joshua Savoy to sing the praises of his wife, Olivia, who he is very proud of and someone he thought I should interview because of the amazing career path she's chosen to help highlight the lives of our seniors. Olivia is a native of Louisiana and travels all across the U.S. conducting interviews with our greatest generation. She feels this is something she was meant to do because she absolutely loves hearing about the lives of people who have lived long and beautiful lives. Olivia has written 44 books. Olivia has written 44 books for those aged 68 to 106 and hopes to do many more. I think you will love hearing about her experiences and might encourage all of us to start asking more questions of those we love the most. Here is Olivia Savoy on the Janice Dean podcast. So, Olivia, I love this story. Tell me how you discovered the importance of life story preservation. So I have always loved seniors and their stories. Since I was a little girl, you could find me in nursing homes going make friends or spending a lot of time with my grandparents or interviewing the World War II veteran who lived nearby. So I always had this love for seniors and their stories, but it wasn't until after I graduated from college and needed to think of something practical to do with my life that I realized that that passion I had, that God-given longing I had could be practical. Um, So what I did was I decided to write books about my grandmothers just for our family to have, to to know them better. So I interviewed them and wrote life story books. And after realizing what these books meant to my family, I wanted to do this for others. Mm. Tell me about your grandmothers. What was what was kind of a moment where you were like, wow, I'm so glad that I did this and I know about you now. Oh, yes. There were so many of those moments where I was so shocked because I had spent so much time with them growing up. They both lived nearby. I would see them multiple times a week. And it shocked me that when I sat down with a list of questions and asked them pointed questions and dredged up pointed memories, I learned so much about them. So one thing that surprised me was I didn't even know how my Mimi had met my papa. I didn't realize they met when she was a soda jerk at the drugstore and he came in and ordered a milkshake. I, I was surprised I didn't know that. That was a big one. Or my other grandmother, my granny, I had always known she was a single mother um, who raised three children on her own, but I didn't realize the struggle and how hard she worked. She went back to school. She started her own business. I didn't realize the ins and outs of that until I asked. Was it hard to get them to open up? Surprisingly, it was not too hard to get them to open up. And I I wondered when I got started, well, these are my grandmothers. I can get them to open up. But what about strangers? What about people I don't know? And it's funny, it's it's never been an issue. 
I've just always gone in with an open heart, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of interest, and with my grandmothers and others, that connecting and opening up has always come naturally. I love, I saw this story and I just thought, what an incredible idea uh, to write a book that will mean so much to a family. I mean, you must, you must get that back, you know, that love right back to you, which must be so incredible. Yes. So I end up falling in love with all the people I write a book for. They they just have a special place in my heart because I will spend hours upon hours interviewing them and then weeks writing from their point of view and processing their story and putting it down on paper. So I become very attached and I, I come to love them and they do return that that love to me too. I am so blessed. I am in my late 20s, but they are so much older and wiser and full of love. And I get showered with that love of grandparents so much. I'm told they're proud of me. I'm given advice all the time. So I am so blessed by the relationships that come out of writing these books. How long have you been doing it for? I have been writing life storybooks for six years, and I have written over 40 life storybooks in that time. Give me some examples of some of the incredible people that you've you've met and you've you've written about. Oh, yes. So there's so many come to mind. So the beauty of this is it's often everyday people. So it might be a, a small town boy who became a surgeon or a stay at home mother or a teacher or an entrepreneur, but they all have stories that are invaluable to their families. And some that stand out to me um, are there was a, um, a Holocaust survivor I recently worked with and he um, being born in Poland in 1937 and living in Nazi slave labor camps with his family. So that was an incredible story. He actually miraculously survived a firing squad. Oh. Um, they were set to execute him and his family when he was six years old. And his father cried out in prayer and they did not kill their whole group. So it was a miracle. So his story stands out to me as an amazing storyteller. Um, another one that's very memorable, a World War II veteran who stormed to the beaches of Anzio with General Mark Clark, and he too survived and was down in the foxholes and praying Psalms 23 over and over for days. And that's another story that touched me and I know touched his family to have that testament of his faith documented. Um, but there are many, many like that. Um, another that comes to mind is a woman who was raised in South Africa and England and moved to the U.S. after marrying a soldier, American soldier. And she never felt quite at home here until in her 90s, she did genealogical research and found her great aunts were all buried in her town. Mm. So there are some stories like that that are just so fascinating and stand out in my mind. You say that you're drawn to seniors. What is it about them that you have such a love for? There are so many things. I think it's their experience, their wisdom. And also, I find that in our society, our culture, we are prone to forget about the elderly sometimes. And we're so busy in our lives with our own children, our own families. And we often forget our great grandparents, our grandparents. Um, don't spend as much time with them as we can. So I, I see this often neglected population in need of love and kindness and attention. And they have so much to give too. all their wisdom. 
So I just love to spend extra time with them. Outside of the interviews, I stay friends with my subjects and I love to visit them. I love to go listen to more of their stories. I love to eat with them and go on walks with them. And um, so, yes, I think with that population, just I know they're sometimes neglected or forgotten and I love to shower them with um, the attention and love they deserve. And you must see it in their face too. You know, when you're asking them questions and they're going back in their mind and remembering something that happened. I mean, you are kind of opening up something that maybe they haven't talked about in a long time. Absolutely. That happens so often. It's such a beautiful thing to ask questions and help them remember something they didn't know they remembered. And it's often a happy memory. Um, I usually ask what special things they did with their parents when they were children. And they haven't thought about that in years. Someone Mm. who's in their 80s or 90s, for instance, hasn't thought about that in 80 or 90 years. And it's nice to think um, that I can unearth these memories. One woman, I asked her that simple question. She smiled so big. And she said, I didn't know I remembered that my dad would take me to watch the trains come and go at the depot on Sundays in our little town. And I'd sit on his shoulders and watch the trains. And that was just such a happy memory for her to recall. And and that happens all the time when I ask the right questions. I love to unearth the love stories. I love to get a couple maybe who have been together 60 or 70 years really reminiscing about their love story. And it's such a special thing to to talk about and to document for, for their family. And do you get pictures as well? I do. So going after photos, I consider it a treasure hunt. It is one of my favorite parts of the whole process. After I've heard someone's story verbally, I'll come back for another visit, bring a scanner. And I love digging through their albums and finding pictures. And then I get to see the characters I heard all about. Wow! I get to see their mom and dad, or if their spouse has passed away, I get to see their spouse in their dating days or their wedding photo. Um, I really help them curate their life's highlight reel when it comes to photos we will pick about 50 to 75 and then later once i've written their book it's such a special time for me to look at all the photo options we have and i hand select where each photo would best complement their narrative Mm -hmm. um, so that their their grandchildren when they're reading this family heirloom book can see their grandmother at six years old when she talked about being six years old or their grandfather in the military when he talked about those stories. I love it. You know, with my kids, ever since they were little, um, every year I make a photo book. And, you know, sometimes it gets to be, oh, I've got to do that. But then once it's done, it's like, and my kids will go and look at them and to see them seeing themselves growing up as babies and what we did and the trips we took and pictures of the grandparents and that kind of thing. It is really important and special to do these things. Yes, the the putting together a whole lifetime too, not just a year. It's such a big task. Of course, I guide the journey. I help them select photos. I ask them the right questions. I do all the writing, that kind of thing. But it is so special to see them put together this collection of their life's greatest memories and put that on display for their children and grandchildren. I mean, today, you probably are like me. You take so many pictures of your children (laughs) in a week. But when they were growing up, they might get one picture a year, um, one professional photo taken. Maybe they didn't have cameras at home for my older subjects. So it's so special to find those photos and put them all in one place. A lot of my subjects will tell me they worry that 
what will happen one day when I'm gone to my memories? What will happen to my photos? Like my parents' wedding photo that was taken in 1910. What will happen to that when mm. I'm gone? And it really is comforting that for them to know that their most cherished memories and photos are all in one place. And then they're going to be distributed to every grandchild, every child, every niece and nephew. So they're really safe. Safekeeping um, is what we're after with the preservation of their memories and pictures in these life story books. And you don't just do seniors, right? You talk about love stories between couples and tribute books. Yes. So I focus on seniors. Most everyone I work with is over 65, mm -hmm. but we are reflecting on their entire lifetime. So we are writing a chapter on their family history, a chapter on childhood, one on teen years, their time in the military, their time in college, their love story, their family years, their career, their time in retirement. So there's a lot of chapters in every life story book. And yes, it is. I do primarily work with seniors. My oldest subject was 103 when I interviewed her. Um, so yes, I do primarily work with seniors, but we are reflecting on the whole person, the whole life. Yeah. And what about, you know, seniors that pass away? This is something that is really, truly beautiful that you have done for them and their family once they've, you know, gone to heaven. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I stay so close to my subjects. And then after they pass away, it's always hard to lose someone I love. But it's it's very special to know that their legacy is there in writing for their family. And I often keep in touch with their children. Some of them become my friends. Yeah. So it's beautiful to see what those books then mean. It's, the value grows as time goes on. And if they do pass away, um, the value just grows and grows. And the, the great-grandchildren will one day get to know about their great-grandparent. Um, so that's a beautiful element of it, absolutely. Um, another thing that a special case I did that comes to mind is I worked with a man, Mr. Doug, who was in his 80s, on a special life and love story book because his wife had Alzheimer's. Mm. And they had been together 57 years, I believe, and He'd go visit her every day at two o'clock and he commissioned me so that he could read their life and love story to her every day at two o'clock. Oh. Um, so that was just such a beautiful thing. So there's all kinds of reasons people do this. And that was a special <laughs> reason to do it for his wife. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, how do you do I mean, I'm assuming that once people hear about what you do, there's a demand for it. How are you able to keep up with it? <laughs> That's a great question. I am... I do one book at a time. So I will work with your your parents. I will sit down with them, interview them, and then I'll write for eight to 12 weeks. And once I'm done writing a book, then I can start on another while my team is editing, proofreading, and designing the book and publishing it. I'm able to move on to another project. And fortunately, I have been blessed to add three other amazing writers to my team who also are able to do this. But yes, you are right. The demand is high. I book out a, a little bit in advance when I can, but my focus, no matter what the demand is, I always just give a lot of time and attention to my my subjects and spend a lot of extra time with them when I can. So um, I just have a lot of faith that God will send me the right people at the right time and it'll all work out. <laughs> mm. And where did you grow up? 
I grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana. So that is in the heart of Cajun country. Yes. I still live here. And growing up here has certainly had a huge impact on what I do and on my heart for the elderly because here a lot of people don't leave. We are so close in the South to our families. We are close to our parents, our grandparents. A lot of the families all live very close together in the same neighborhoods even. And that has had a big impact on me and who I am and my love for the elderly. So growing up here means so much to me. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing this? <laughs> That's a great question. I know I would be doing something with the elderly. I have been blessed with a gift to write and a passion for history since I was a little girl. I loved writing. I loved reading presidential biographies. So it seemed like this exact path for me to become a family heirloom biographer was predestined for me. But if I was doing something else, I would be um, in an assisted living facility in some capacity. I think I'd be an activities director, um, something like that. I do a lot of nursing home ministry with our church. My heart is really um, with spending time with seniors. So I'd be doing that in some capacity, but I'm so blessed to have melded everything I love, um, seniors, writing, and history all into one profession. I love that. And, you know, one of my focuses on this podcast is to appreciate our elderly and know that yes. we need to do more of that. So what do you tell people, like, you know, grandkids that don't spend enough time with their grandparents. What do you say to them? What are the reasons why they should? Oh, I would say to them that you, if you are blessed to have your grandparents with you, that you should go see them and visit them and sit with them and get to know them. And remember that you aren't so different after all. You might think you've grown up in different generations, different times with different electronics, different opportunities, but the soul of the person is the same and they have experienced the same things as you have. If you ask them the right questions, if you ask your grandparents about their childhoods, you'll be surprised to learn that you played the same kind of games. If you ask them about their teen life, you'll be surprised to learn you have the same feelings and the same desires. Um, so I just encourage children and adults, grandchildren to go sit down with your grandparents and get to know them Google some questions, some conversation starters if you need to ask them, but really just ask them some questions. You'll be surprised also how happy your grandparents will be to share their stories. Most of the time, they will be so forthcoming. Ask them about their wisdom, too. They've lived and learned. Um, they know so much. Um, that's probably one of the hugest blessings of what I do. I have so many, many adopted grandparents mm. and so much wisdom I've learned. And even now, um, I can go back and ask someone I wrote a book for years ago for advice. And that comes in handy. And that's something I do quite often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And what about the families? They must be so happy to see the final product. Oh my goodness. There is no greater joy than book delivery day. When I show up with maybe 10 copies for a small family or a hundred copies for a big family, it is beautiful for the subject when they hold their book the first time. And of course, when the children and grandchildren get a hold of it, a lot of times they will tell me, the children and grandchildren will tell me, wow, I didn't know this about dad. I didn't know this about mom. So it's beautiful for them to experience um, so many of the nuances and caveats about their loved one. One man I wrote a book for was 95, Mr. Martin, such an optimistic man, such a 
precious man. He'd go to work every day at 95 at his car dealership, even though he didn't have to, but just with a smile on his face, still working with purpose at 95. And it really surprised his grandchildren to read in his closing thoughts how he disclosed that although he's such an upbeat, optimistic man, he has always struggled innately with a little bit of pessimism Mm. inside him and a little bit of self-doubt. And he combated that um, his whole life. But it was really insightful for his children and grandchildren to kind of get into his head and learn more about him. And that happens all the time. One granddaughter, after reading her 90-year-old grandfather's book, she called me and said, I realized me and him are so much alike. We think alike. We talk alike. We act alike. I never noticed. We had so much in common. And they became so much closer after she read his book. She ended up moving in with him to help take care of him as he aged. Um, so it's just beautiful, the connections, these sto- this storytelling can build. It really is incredible. Now, since you do other people's life stories, do you think about how you want to be remembered? I know that's a far you know, ways off, but are you somebody that also documents your own life? I do. Um, I could do better at it. I am so consumed and devoted to writing several books a year um, for for my subjects that I haven't thought too much about my own life story yet. I'm sure one day when I'm maybe um, a grandmother, I'll take that more seriously, certainly, and I will document my story. Um, In the meantime, like I said, I am all consumed and devoted to writing um, for my subjects, especially I feel this this burning burden to write as many as I can because I know if I don't, Um, These people who call me, their stories will one day disappear Mm. if I don't make this concerted effort to help them. So right now I'm pretty dedicated to that mission. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've done a lot of interviews. What do you think it is with this, um, you know, this adventure that you're on that sparks so much interest? Sure. So this adventure I'm on that sparks interest, you mean with people wanting their stories being told? Yes. I mean, I read, you know, I, I, I got your story and I was like, I have to interview this woman. It's really something special. I feel like you're doing something that needs more people need to do. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what sparks interest, I think, is someone who is a 90-year-old grandfather or 80-year-old grandmother suddenly hears that this service exists, that there's someone who can write their story. Mm. And it's exciting. They they are very into the process. Sometimes their children will put them up to it. And once they meet me and get comfortable, they get so excited. Who wouldn't about knowing your story will be told and told however you want to tell it in as much detail as you want to tell it with whatever focus you want to have. So yes, it it catches on quick. Uh, Once um, a subject, a potential subject learns this type of thing exists. Um, And then it's really fun for them. A lot of times when my subjects are retired, they were used to leading these very exciting, very busy lives. And now they've slowed down quite a bit, maybe have mobility issues or something with their health that causes them not to be able to be as active as they once were. So it is such a meaningful, rewarding thing for them to have a productive task at hand once again Mm. to go look for photos, to review a manuscript, to sit through interviews. It really is is wonderful for them to have something so productive to do, something cathartic to do when you process your story aloud with another person. It's fun to reminisce, as we said. It's, it's 
exciting to know your family will be inspired by your story and all that you overcome. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. That really is, is rewarding and exciting. We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. I think, you know, nowadays with the, with knowing that you can find out with a simple swab of DNA where you come from, you know, that people want to know that stuff. They want to have a legacy or leave something for their grandkids so that they aren't forgotten. Absolutely. Yes, we are at a time where genealogy and family history research is at our fingertips now for the first time. So there's this great interest in knowing where you came from. And while I love genealogy, I love the names and dates, I really find it invaluable if you do have a grandparent who's in their 80s or 90s to get the full story, not just the names and dates, but to go to the living and excavate these memories while we can. And the more people who do this, the more exciting it'll be one day for those future genealogists who will have a whole book about someone's life experiences. Um, So that's a big part of it also. Okay, so what is your goal? I mean, obviously, you want to do as many stories and books that you can. I mean, what what do you see in the future for this? I hope that as many people, um, to tell as many people about this as possible, because, of course, I can't write everyone's book, but it can still spark a passion in them to make a concerted effort to document their story themselves or sit down and have meaningful conversations with their children and grandchildren. So that's a big goal of mine. Another is just to get as many grandchildren as possible fired up about Mm -hmm. going, get to know their grandparents like I got to know mine. And then, of course, I want to write as many of these life story books as I can. But I do try to keep in mind um, one at a time. I love there's a quote by Mother Teresa how she couldn't reach the whole world, but she could reach one. Mm. And if you can just keep focusing on reaching one, one more, one more, um, that's really at the forefront of my mind. Every time I'm working with someone, I focus on whoever's in front of me and they are so special to me. And I try my best to get to know that one person and do their story the most justice I can. So one at a time, that's that's what my focus is on. Yeah. And I think if people even listen to our conversations, they'll say, you know what, let's go see grandma and grandpa this weekend. Let's go talk to them. That's important, too. Oh, it is so important that our grandparents are wells of wisdom. If only we sit there and take the time to ask enough questions. I have learned such great lessons from my grandmothers and, of course, from my storytellers, either directly with advice or just You'd be surprised when you hear someone's stories, those lessons are interwoven and they don't come across heavy handed. They are just naturally, I get to live and learn through my storytellers. Um, I like to say I get to learn things the easy way um, versus the hard way. I just hear about their life experiences. And even when it's not a direct lesson, I still learn so much. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Do you do it in the in the the one person like the, the your subject is talking about themselves or you do it sort of like um, you're interviewing them? So I bring, I interview them. So I will go sit down with your grandmother and I will bring a list of about 200 to 300 questions. That sounds like a ton, but when it's broken down into tiny increments over the course of five or seven days in about three hour sessions, it's not so bad. And it's it's really lovely because it's guided. There's no pressure for them to have to remember every detail about their life. Who could do that? That would be daunting. 
So I really guide them. We start with, let's talk about your earliest memories today. Let's talk about your childhood today. And then the next day, let's talk about your teen years and so on. So we take it in these tiny doses. Um, so yes, I ask them guided questions. And then of course we go down whatever trains of thought they'd like. It's not um, a super structured thing we stay uh, married to. We definitely deviate and we talk. It really becomes very conversational. It becomes like a conversation they'd have with a child or grandchild. Mm. And then once we get to the end of my questions and they feel they have shared their entire life story with me, <laughs> then I will do all those weeks of writing and I write it in the first person. So ah. I write it from their point of view. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so it's not a formal biography. It's an autobiography. It's them saying, I remember being three years old wow. and when, when I went to, you know, Christmas mass, that's the kind of thing. And we see it from their eyes. So it's really special too, for me to walk in their shoes and try to understand them to a level that I'm able to write with their own tone and voice and the way they structure sentences verbally and, and translate that onto the page. Mm, that's a beautiful talent that you have, Olivia. Thank you. It's <laughs> thing I work on all the time and try to improve upon. Um, even when I'm just visiting them, I'll stay for lunch sometimes in between interviews or stay late to have coffee and visit. And I'll be studying the way they structure sentences when they're not on the mic and try to make sure I can do it their voice justice, do, the, do their voice the way um, when their children and grandchildren read it. They go, wow, that sounds like my mom or dad talking. What a wonderful compliment that must be. Oh, it's the greatest, whatever the children or grandchildren read it and say, this sounds like dad wrote it, but Aww. dad's a farmer and would never have, you know, that's so out of his wheelhouse to have ever written a book. I love whenever it comes out just like they would have written it if they had the, the um, time and desire to write it. Oh, <laughs> I, love I, that. I do. I love this story. Now, how can people get in touch with you? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to probably give you a wave of people trying to get in touch oh, with you. That would be wonderful. My name is Olivia Savoy. Um, so that is an easy way to Google me and my business will come up. And my website is called rockonchorewriting.com, rockonchorewriting.com. And that is French for storyteller. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the easiest way is Googling Olivia Savoy <laughs> and oh. everything will come up. Well, God bless you. This is just such a beautiful story. And um, I it's when I think about how many lives you're touching and just, you know, thinking about what we can do when we still have our parents or our grandparents with us now, how can we can, you know, open up the dialogue and have a conversation with them. It's all so important. Oh, yes, it is invaluable. And one day, if we don't ask them today, one day we'll wish we could. Yes. Um, the saddest sentence I know is I wish I had asked my mother about that. That mm. is, that was said by William Zinsser, an amazing uh, memoir writer. And it's so true. So if, if you're listening and you're blessed to have aunts, uncles, parents, grandparents, someone you love, go talk to them as soon as you can. That's I love it. So important. Thank you, Olivia. What a wonderful thing that you are doing. Thank you so much for speaking with me. And, you know, keep in touch. Let me know how it's going. And, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you again sometime. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Janice. Thanks so much, Olivia, for sharing your incredible passions and your journey today. Maybe it inspired you to start your own family interviews or a scrapbook as a hobby. 
It's definitely given me a little purpose to get my photo book done, which I do every year, and I add it to the bookshelf for my kids when they get to be a little older. If you would like to look into Olivia's work, you can head to her website at raconteurwriting.com. That's R-A-C-O-N. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.